I do have a trivia question for you guys um, because we oh are boy. talking about you do. Harold and Maud, and Harold is played by uh, Bud Court. He's an actor, but Bud Court has appeared in one other Wes Anderson film, and I was wondering which Wes Anderson film you guys could try to guess that Bud Court appeared in. So I have multiple one choice. other Wes Anderson movie. Or in, like, one, yeah, well, he's in one Wes Anderson film, and I am going to have a multiple choice of a couple of Wes Anderson films, and you guys can pick. I know the answer, so if you want to pick a different question, I will go ahead and let you do that. Oh. Because I, I was looking at the IMDb last night, so I know the answer. And I was like, oh, he's in that movie? Oh, I like that movie. Yeah. So Was it Grand Budapest Hotel? No. It is Life not. Aquatic. Fine. Yeah, it's Life Aquatic. The trivia question that I have for you guys is Harold and Maude has gone on to become kind of a cult classic. It's kind of popped up in a lot of different film lists over the years, um, including like, you know, best romantic comedy, best cult films of all time. Um, but back in 1971, before the role went to Bud Court, there was another musician that was in talks to possibly play the role of Harold. So think 1970s, think maybe like 1960s, what big musician was kind of around in that time who possibly could have been rumored to play Harold before the role ended up going to Bud Court. God, so who would have been like 18 at the time in 1970? Well, he plays a 21-year-old. He could be in his 20s. I mean, as long or, as you look kind of yeah. young and in the 60s and 70s, I mean, you could probably cast Ooh. one. The um, one that pops into my head, it's funny. I feel like would have been too old at the time, but you that would try. have been 50 years ago, so maybe not. Um, my guess would be Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger, okay. That's a good guess, yep. That but I don't know how old he would have been, because he's pretty fucking old now, so... <laughs> okay. Yeah. He dabbled in acting, guess. too, so oh, that makes God. sense. Yeah, okay. And it's funny, because they didn't mention this at all in the special features, hmm. like anyone else, so... Oh, God. Um... It's a cute question, though. You should have led with this one. Thank you, man. Awesome. I'm just thinking of like <laughs> '60s with the, like similar hairstyles, you know, like Paul McCartney or something. Based like that. on the research I did on this movie, I mean, who knows if this is accurate? But this is what I read. Yeah, you could have just made this fact up, and we would have just had to go with it. it wasn't Cat Stevens, was it? Ooh, that's a great guess. I mean, he's in the movie. He is in <laughs> the film. Yeah. Cameos. Yeah. Um, no, so Songs by Cat the Stevens. musician that was rumored to play. Harold was none other than Elton John. Oh, oh yeah, interesting. Okay. I think he was also in talks to maybe do the original like music, do like kind of compose the music for it, and that uh, makes sense. He was going to play the part of Harold, but I think just things fell through. I think that was maybe during his uh, drug-induced days, so maybe just it didn't pan out. Who knows? But yeah, no, I ended up going to Bud Court, who dropped out of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest to star in this movie. Wow, what really? was was he going to be Jack Nicholson's character? I have no idea. It was before. Hmm. It was basically it. when that movie was in pre-pro. So like, it, I don't know if it had a director or cast at the time. It was just was in the talks to get made. So he was rumored for one of the roles. I'm not sure which one, but um, he looks like okay. a '70s version of uh, Carl from The Walking Dead. So I'm gonna oh, give goodness. myself the win for the trivia question if I can stump both of you. Um, usually there is a winner, so I, you know, I since I don't really get to play in the trivia questions, I'm gonna count those as the wins, as if I can stump you guys. And I, just I don't think I've won spot. yet, yeah. so I, I'm pretty sure yeah. I'm like zero for three or four, maybe. Hmm. No, you won the first one. Yeah. Technically, won. I won today, but I was giving Spencer a pass. Uh, the one that had to do with uh... Bud Court being in a Wes Anderson film. Yeah, I was pretty excited about that. I even hid the uh, multiple choice questions, but. Oh well. Oh, well. Sorry to ruin it. <laughs> no, it's okay. You almost ruined last long. week too. Be like, oh, I know the answer. You know, I don't want multiple choice. But I didn't know the answer because I'm fucking yeah, stupid. Exactly. So. so why don't you just yeah. shut your mouth? <laughs> Let me run my trivia question game. I'm sorry. <laughs> God. No, it's all right. Um. But anyways, welcome back to Collector's Corner, hosted by us, those movie dudes. It's a show where Hi. one of us get together. We. Fuck me up. It's a show where one of us dusts off a film from a physical media collection. We put it in the Blu-ray player to watch. And then we get together to discuss what we liked, what we didn't like, and why the hell we bought the film in the first place. And Nate, you have a doozy for us this week because we are going to your Criterion collection. But this is a special edition because it is an out-of-print Criterion Blu-ray, which is Whoa. so rare. So, Nate, why don't you uh, tell the mm. good folks what out-of-print means, and uh, maybe what you paid for this Blu-ray. <laughs> so they ran out of paper, is my maybe. guess. Yeah. 
Like, the, the, yes, exactly. Not enough paper for slipcovers, so they were like, you know what? Fuck it. We won't do it at all. That's my guess. So, out of print basically means when a distribution company loses the copyright to distribute the film under their title, therefore the edition of the film will no longer be printed and made again. But there's also been some movies that have come from out of print to back at print. For example, in Criterion, Le Circle Rouge. That was a famous uh, out of print movie for the Criterions for a long time, and then it just got a 4K release. So it's really just when a uh, distribution company loses the license and can no longer distribute it themselves, which can... These movies can go for a pretty penny. Um, I think I bought mine used for $60 and maybe like $5 shipping or something like that. So close to 70 bucks um, because I'm just a psychopath and needed to buy it. <laughs> um, and I've done that twice, actually. So Is it in good shape, like pristine? Like, uh, like if you sent it to one of those card grading companies, would they be like, okay, the corners are smooth? Uh, I think it would never, still need to be in the center thing in order to be like authentic yeah. and like high praise like well, that. Like, was it still in the cellophane when you bought it, or was it in? Was it pre-used? No. It was opened and stuff. Okay, it was opened, yeah. but the case itself is in pretty pristine shape. Like, there's a couple scratches on it, but like in places that you wouldn't even look because of the colors. Um, and no, it's all in great shape, and even the. Oh, that, that snaps nice. together nice, that and the nice. booklet oh, is all in one shape, yeah. and boosted in post. The, the, <laughs> the disc is kind of like a sun. It's yellow. That's cool. Oh. Kind of looks like oh. the sun on the inside. Wow. It has the Criterion logo, and it looks like the Giving Tree. Oh, and it's them like sitting in a field, or is it a is it the graveyard? I'm not sure. It's kind of bright, but. It's when they were sitting in those white flowers, yeah. and Maud nice. talks about I gotta say, that's people some very misleading being the same. But it's cute. Uh, that's yeah. just me. Um, well, yeah, I mean, if, if you guys me. do go to the top of the doc, uh, the document, the cover of Harold and Maud, the outer print Harold and Maud, it's fucking oh hilarious. Now that you've God. seen the movie, it's like, oh, it's all of his stage deaths and like just little cartoons, and it's her with her bright yellow umbrella that she wears at the funeral. Um, yeah, okay, so that was interesting, yeah, because uh, out of print, I never realized that the Criterion Collection, they just have their movies just randomly go out of print, like Rosemary's Baby, Nashville, uh, we had this one, Harold and Maude. Um, the Third Man the Third is Man, a big this one. This one right here that mm -hmm. I am holding up. Uh, this is the DVD of The Third Man on Criterion, and I saw on Amazon that this goes for like $160. I'm like, holy, holy shit. Holy <laughs> Crazy. And I think... Uh, poster. I think this one's also out of print with an all and I the uh, the DVD of it. Yeah. I think it's like $60 or so. something on Amazon. Um, so I, th this is where collectible items, physical media wise, uh, becomes kind of valuable. Uh, and yeah. Oh, Nate, do you think that someday these collectible Blu-rays or Criterions or just regular Blu-rays in general will become a collector's item that they is really are. hard to come by? But like, in the sense that like a Pokemon card or like a rookie Tom Brady no. card would go. like no, Because yeah. I... media is always going to be changing. So I know at some point there will probably be a, a bigger, better version of this. But as far as like the Criterion and they make like these specific covers and they get all these special features, that's kind of the collector side of me. Just being able to... Like, 20 years down the line, someone goes, you know what I've been wanting to watch? I've been wanting to watch Harold and Maude, and I could never get my hands on it. And then I can sound just like be the like, from boom. Life Ball, from Life yeah, you sound like Timothy yeah, Spall right now. Oh, stop. <laughs> I was like, holy bro, shit. Bro, Timothy Spall wants brought to your mama a pineapple. Yeah. So it won't go bad. Uh, yeah, go on this <laughs> oh, episode. God. Sweet. Why did that have to come back? Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, it's just... I The value will probably go down... Especially if it gets like a 4K Criterion release, like in a few years or something like that. But I just still think it's cool to have. Like, I have Nashville and Rosemary's Baby, so that's kind of cool as well. Just being able to say, oh, I have these specific editions that 
aren't really made anymore. Or if you find them, they'll cost you a pretty penny. Before you bought this movie, before you paid a pretty penny, you had seen this movie before, correct? Indeed. Okay. Yes. And uh, I know John and I had not seen this movie before. I mean, it's been... I've heard about this movie for, like, years and years now. I've seen it pop up in so many different lists, so... Uh, this is just one that I've never pulled the trigger on, and I'm sure that's the same with John. Although, have you have you never heard of this one before we even watched I, it? I um thought this was Thelma and Louise for years, so I don't know. It's just two <laughs> generic <laughs> names from one. the 70s. <laughs> yeah, we had watched that. So at first, I was like, "Didn't we watch that?" But completely different movie. So no, I uh, I hadn't really heard of this or knew anything about it until it was already playing. Right. On, well, yeah, uh, I, TV, so. I really didn't know yeah. much about it either. I just I, I was used to seeing that poster of them standing like shoulder to shoulder looking at something, looking kind of like shocked or surprised. I'm like, that looks weird. I don't know. I'll never watch that or I'll watch it later. And finally, we are. Nate. We're watching it. But <laughs> if you if you are later is here. listening and if you have not heard of Harold and Maude, this movie did come out in 1971. It is directed by Hal Ashby, who did Being There, which we have an episode on. Uh, that's one that I actually have in my Criterion collection. I love that movie, but I haven't seen anything else that Hal Ashby's done. So I do uh, do need to check out more of his films, and this is one of them. This is one of his more kind of cult classic films, and it stars Bud Court, Ruth Gordon, and Vivian Pickles. Yeah, Vivian oh my Pickles. goodness, that's what kind mother. of pickles though? She must be the mom more of like. She's uh, mom. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Miss Dill, or you know, some kosher. Who knows. <laughs> We'll, you know, we'll move on. I bought some sliced uh, pickles the other day, but I forgot to use them on the on the what I ended up buying them for. So I'm really disappointed with myself, to be honest. Well, the plot it's about a young, rich, and obsessed with death Harold who finds himself changed forever when he meets Maud, who is a lively elderly lady who likes to steal cars and they like to attend funerals together. Um, so that is basically the plot of Harold and Maud, uh, kind of a coming of age story in a sense. Um, but yeah, no, I, I didn't know much about this movie. I just knew there was a big cult classic and needed to check it out at some point. So Nate, why did you pick this film for us to watch? And how was your revisit? Well, the reason I picked it is because I went, well, I spent 60 bucks on this thing. So I might as well get some fucking use out of it. Yeah, um, and, and genuinely, that was kind of part of my reasoning. But then I just remembered really, really liking it the first time I watched it. And just having a very, it, it's very, it's dark. It's darker than you would expect it to be, but it's also just very heartwarming, and I find it to be a very easy watch, just because it's these two two characters kind of going on their own odyssey together, um, so that's pretty nice, and just being able to see death in a more humorous way is actually really cool to see, because it's really hard to make death funny they he just they do it in such a light-hearted way and especially with this character who's very mysterious and very guarded and he just doesn't have a lot of experience with life and then he meets the epitome of life and she just shows him what the world can really be and this rewatch really kind of solidified my appreciation for this movie with just the performances, the music. There's an iconic shot for me in the cemetery that's like one of my favorite shots. But I, I was just really glad to watch this again and kind of reassure the fact that this movie is just great. I loved it. Okay, and John, this movie came out in 1971. Michael Bay was only six years old at this time. So <laughs> that was, uh, my mother was like three, I think, um, if you're listening. Um, um, so yeah, not a very mainstream movie, but yeah, I mean, this is a very dark comedy, kind of deals with some uh, interesting themes here. What do you, uh, what do you think of this little uh, Harold and Maude? Gosh, shut the fuck up. Um, yeah, so sometimes these movies can be very hit or miss for me. Nate has picked some that are very miss um black orpheus or movies that end up blowing my mind like uh cinema paradiso this might be one of those movies that um is in my wheelhouse but also is not in my wheelhouse at the same time i think that you know five minutes into this movie i was laughing and so fucking distraught at the same time when uh it 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 hits you with these shock value moments time and time again and you kind of forget that they're going to keep coming and coming. And it's it's just a very strange but somewhat intriguing dynamic with these very 
almost off-putting characters sometimes, but you're rooting for them. You're kind of rooting for their relationship and at how strangely quirky and dark it is. Um, there's a lot of sort of almost hidden features to their relationship that you find out almost just through imagery in the movie um, that adds more dynamics to them and makes them stronger individuals, makes you care for them more. Um, and it is, it's a very unconventional coming to age movie um, that I can totally see why people have this like at the top of their list for those type of films. There's a lot here. And from the seventies, it, it's not a movie that you would expect to be made anytime soon. Like they're not like, there's not movies made like this with the subject matter that they really go into with this, with this kid. Well, I guess he's like 20, but I was thrown off. I just, from the log line, I'm like, okay, so it's like in this like weird relationship with an older woman and him and they get along and stuff. Um, and it is that, but it's a lot more than that too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was definitely <laughs> caught off guard when it was, it was it was just a really dark comedy for sure, and it's actually one of the second notes I wrote down in the movie. It was, could this movie be made today? I don't think so. No, there's no way. No, I mean, no. There, it, it, Not can, it can be so triggering to watch this movie today. I mean, it just depends on where you're coming from for sure. Uh, but I mean, there's so many there's so many like suicide jokes in this movie where he stages mm -hmm. his death in so many different ways. I mean, I. They're funny in in the context of the film, but it can be triggering yeah. if you if you are not expecting that. Um, and that is something that did catch me off guard because going into this movie, I just like, okay, this is a cult classic. It's ninety three minutes. I'm like, perfect. That's a great length. Um, and then it opened with Cat Stevens, and I don't even think you guys know, but I love Cat Stevens. I listen to Cat Stevens mm -hmm. all the fucking time. I mean, he's always on my Spotify. Love him. He's the best. And so I had heard awesome. so many of these songs before what uh before even seeing this movie before even knowing that he did the original music for this movie like if you want to sing out sing out don't be ch don't be shy t for the tiller man i know all of those songs so like hearing them in the movie and even having mod play on the piano if you want to sing out sing out i'm like no shit like this is where the song like comes from so it was like one of those moments so instantly the movie was like okay i'm into it and then it becomes a dark comedy and i fucking love dark comedies <laughs> I, i'm known to like them and yeah, no, this movie did have me like just laughing out loud. I mean, especially, I mean, it's not for everybody for sure. It's weird. It's out there. But if if you're into these types of dark comedic films, I mean, this is, this is one to check out because yeah, that scene when she like just fucks with the policeman and just wants to go plant her fucking tree. <laughs> I was laughing so Oh, so we're done? Hard. Okay. See ya. It just, it keeps going. <laughs> it's like a 15 minute sequence and it just happens again. They go and they plant the tree, they have their moment and even on the way back, they fucking interact with the cop again. I'm like, are they really going to do this again? Hilarious. Um, but it's weird. It's very weird and you could not make this movie today, especially the main character is what, death obsessed, stages his own suicides, but he falls in love with a senior citizen who is 52, 50 something years older than him. You couldn't do that today. That's, Even in uh, double standards, that would freak a lot of people out too. So it's like if, if the roles were reversed uh, and it was like a yeah, that man, would not young go. woman, like mm -hmm. imagine that. It's like, holy shit, it would be uncomfortable. But for some reason, in this way, it, it, it works. Yeah, it's just, it was so weird and it caught me off guard. But I got to be honest, I mean, it flew by. It was 93 minutes and I just. I chuckled a lot. Yeah, the movie the movie hits you with these kind of just like shock value moments. Like the f five minutes in, he hangs himself, and his fucking mom walks in, and then the re the reaction. This is like it's it's really the hook on the movie, right? Is when she walks in, she looks at him, and she's like, hmm. goes and sits down. I think she like picks up the phone or something, or and then she's like, hey, uh, dinner's at six. We'll see you there. And then you see his eyes open, and he's like, ugh. Like, it's like, it's so strange. I'm like, what the hell am I getting into? And then the, the suicide scenes just get weirder and weirder and weirder. And he brings other people in on it. And he has his therapist where he's, he's like, what are you, why are you doing this? Is it the, at the expense of your mother or something? It's, I don't know. Cause the movie wants you to not like the mother because she's 
trying to get, make him get married and shit. Like she's that very controlling rich mother, and he doesn't have a father figure. Um, I mean, in particular, that scene when she's like having him do a questionnaire, but doesn't let him answer any of the questions. She, that was, answers she just answers all of them. Funny, yeah. You know those mothers <laughs> exist, and they just only talk for their kids. And their kids are just standing there trying to get a word in, but their mom is just too busy fucking talking for them. It's like, God damn it, just let and them During speak. the scene, he's fucking, he's loading a pistol. It's <laughs> like, what the fuck is this her, movie? He turns it on himself. Yeah, it's so dark. And but, some of those yeah. questions uh, in the questionnaire, like... Uh, I wish I knew some off the top of my head. Like, should sex be taught outside of the home? Oh, well, I should think not. Yeah, I know. It's like <laughs> just the way she not. answers them. Yeah. It was just her own opinions on all of his questions. <sighs> Vivian yeah. Pickles, man. She Vivian she put him pickles. in quite the pickle, if I don't say so myself. Yeah. Hi-oh. Did you like, did you guys like every element of the movie? Did all the elements work for you? Or did something turn you away? Because I... I, they lost me at in one point in the movie. In the second half, when they started to fall in love and really become a like a couple, is when I felt the most discomfort. As in, like, ooh, I liked it more when they were just friends, like stealing cars and going to funerals and just kind of having fun and playing piano and stuff. And I, yeah. I liked the whole friendship element to it. And I think the movie could have just had a friendship element to the film and it would have been totally fine. But, you know, it's the 1970s. It's different. And he's trying to make a different movie as well and make a movie that's, that's kind of out there. And it really is. This movie's out there. But for comedy-wise and even drama-wise in terms of him coming to age and him... Uh, I mean, I'll have a quote later on uh, that I'll say that I saw in Letterboxd. I was like, oh, that's fucking brilliant. But just... Mm. That him kind of coming of age and kind of moving on past death and kind of embracing life and stuff is what I like the most and just also their relationship too. So I like the comedy elements and I like the drama elements. So most of it all worked just when they focused on the relationship and they got married and, you know, they had that post scene with them in bed. I'm like, ooh, this is just you know, yeah. it's a little so weird, it, but I'll, I'll roll like, with it. <laughs> I don't think it's a f- – I, like, I don't put the movie at fault for that. Like it did what it did. Um, and it, it pulled all the punches. I think that it, it, at least in my opinion, on a first viewing, it sort of rushed these like heavy impact uh, character moments. Like he he learns about her past. They get married, and like she wants to die, and it's like, and he drives his car off a cliff, but not really. It's like a lot of shit in the last twenty minutes, and then it's just kind of over. And I don't know if I had there was enough time to really process everything that was happening to the extent the film was like throwing it at you. Whereas the first two acts of the movie are kind of just like chugging along. It's, it's very much a coming to age, happy, dark comedy. And then it really does take a turn that I, I don't really know if I, I was there for, I guess it could have, it maybe could have used like, yeah, like an extra 10 minutes or so. And that's kind of rare. Cause usually we always say they could, they could cut 10 minutes, but in this case, yeah, maybe yeah, this one. No, I think it could have used but, more, honestly. But, yeah. It, it, the whole movie just flew by for me to begin with. I mean, it, it literally felt like it was 45 minutes and then it was over. So um, I can't say like the pacing bothered me at all. But I, for the most part, yeah, everything did work for me other than just the fact that I was watching this in today's age being like, you could not make this today. And it's it goes for it. But um, I was thoroughly entertained throughout. And I thought that, I mean, look at the poster and you look at what, uh, Bud Court looks like the guy who plays Harold. You think that he's like fifteen, but when he That's, first, I was really speaks, thrown off. I was so thrown off. He's like sounds just like such a deep voice, and I was like, "What the fuck? Who is this guy?" But he looks like he's like fifteen. I thought there was something wrong with my movie when he first starts talking at the dinner table, and then there's another scene where he's driving. And I'm like, "Wait, did he?" Speaking of stealing cars, but like, did he steal that car? Like, is he just like pretending to drive or something? No, he's he's like twenty. Like, yeah, he's old. <laughs> he's an older guy, but maybe it's the lack of facial hair in the seventies. I don't know. The one thing I'll say is I don't think we needed the uh, one-armed uncle. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it, it did lead to one of my favorite scenes: the whole him calling her a Nazi and then him trying to tell him to stop and she falls down the hole. Yeah. That was funny. I was like, I forgot that that even happened. So I just had a big grin on my face when he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> but when he pulls down on the string and just the hand comes up, just, and it speaks on the times. Like those are kind of what military 
people back then how, how they kind of were he was what they say macarthur's like right hand man and you just get all these things that are very stereotypical with the times um but he didn't necessarily need to be in the movie but i i get it they needed the mom to be like oh you're not doing anything with this so this is what's going to happen but it did lead to one of my favorite scenes with them doing the whole back and forth you know what he planning on how to get out of it what he did in that scene was he brought his nicholas cage out where he just goes absolutely just bonkers for the sake of not getting drafted to vietnam or wherever because i think <laughs> this movie takes place during vietnam because it's 1970s so but it reminded me of that like nicholas cage scene and uh, you're not gonna but National Treasure Book of Secrets, where he goes crazy. At, oh, yeah, uh, and he slides <laughs> down the railing. Yeah, yeah, he's, like, pretending, um, pretending to be drunk with Diane Kruger. It's, like, that's really what he was doing with uh, with Maude. And it, it was it was funny. Like, that, that scene, I was not... Because I kind of forgot that they had been, like... He's like, oh, hey, can you help me out here so I don't get drafted? And then this is what they came up with. And it was it was really funny to see him do that together. <laughs> she falls down the hole. <laughs> shit. Like, did uh, you, what did you just <laughs> do? It was great. Yeah. I will say <laughs> that was funny. I did find myself laughing out loud several times. I mean, I'm sure there's a couple of moments that maybe gave you guys a chuckle, and I am curious to know what scene that was. Maybe when she parks the car when they go to see the tree and she just kind of, she's talking to the cop and she goes, "That car there. Is that one parked all right?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, 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 sure." She gets in the car, speeds off, and the cop watches her blow the stop sign. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like there's nothing i can do <laughs> there's nothing court uh i keep wanting to call him court um bud court harold but bud, bud court, yeah harold he uh he, he just he doesn't know what to do so he's just like okay let's get in the stolen car when they get on the motorcycle he grabs that shovel and he's gung-ho and it, it was nice seeing that introvert character let loose just kind of spread his wings because then you feel, oh, this character has just been released. Yeah. And now he finally starts to understand what life is all about. And I think it's a, it's a beautiful message. It is. <laughs> um, I don't know. Cause I feel like we've talked a lot about a lot of the funny moments already. Funniest, probably, probably the one with the cop when they just keep driving away from this guy. And she like, it's hard for him to get like mad. He's like more just like confused. He's like, is this really happening to me? Like as a cop where this old lady is just like, eh, okay, see you later. It's like, she just has not a care in the world. And it's, it's just funny to see the dynamic between her and Harold's character. Who's just like going along for the ride, you know? Cause yeah, I, I definitely thought that scene was funny, but the scene that actually stood out to me the most and literally made me laugh out loud was when he staged one of the deaths in front of the girlfriend. And then she like storms out and then I think a Cat Stevens song starts playing, and then he just slowly looks at the camera <laughs> and just kind of gives a yeah. little, like, nod. It's like, okay, what the fuck is this movie? Like, I just... He does break the fourth wall <laughs> yeah. a couple times. Yeah. It was improv. Like, he just did that on the take because he was like, oh, why not? Like, I'll just... I'm having fun here. It and works. Yeah. It totally works. Like, I got you, yeah. Mom. It was funny. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting it whatsoever, too. But uh, it happened. And yeah, like, all the different... That's another one is like, which one of his uh, fake deaths were you most like, oh my God, by? Because uh, the the one for me was the, when he lit like the fake cell phone fire out in the uh, in the yard that when was, the mom's interviewing that, I'm like, how did he do he that? Comes walking and he in. just comes walking in, the girl's freaking out, be like, who's burning out there? What the fuck? I think that was the scene when he does do the, the fourth wall break too. But uh, yeah, he uh. stages like a, a fake drowning. He stages a fake Hanging by suicide, he does a the drowning shot. was really funny because um, it yeah, the just the way that that's the way that scene is blocked is where it just kind of shows her from a distance where she's like taking off her, it's in one I take. Don't know, her it yeah, it's one take yeah. where it just kind of slowly reveals more like she goes for a swim and then all of a sudden there he is just face down in the pool. It's <laughs> yeah. the one because it makes you forget that it's gonna happen, like it because they, they space it out throughout the movie, so like. You'd kind of forget that he's going to do these things. But the one that was like the most graphic, I was like, holy shit, when he's just in the bathtub. Oh, yeah. And there's just blood fucking everywhere. Like, and she's had enough. She's like, I'm done. Not again. And he just goes, (laughs) (laughs) sticks his tongue out at her. It's just like, whatever. It's because he was excited to get excused from dinner early so he could go do that. It's like, what the fuck, kid? Where'd you get all that blood, too? Like, honestly. 
But once... Well, they were eating beets at dinner, so... Oh, yeah, maybe he just regurgitated all of it, because he was... <laughs> that would make sense, because he was, like, shoving them down his throat in that scene. Ew. I'll have I'll have to say my favorite is is when the mom's doing the questionnaire for the dating thing, and she just doesn't. She's so caught up in it, she doesn't even look up to see her son pull out a pistol. Yeah, <laughs> spin it, load it. But that was a <laughs> right to the head, and as he falls over, she just stops, and then continues going. But that was a fantasy scene. <laughs> it had to have been because there was a gunshot wound in his forehead, and then he fell I over. I think he had a paintball. I think it was a paintball. Oh, it was paint... I don't it know. I saw him probably load something into the chamber, so I, mm-hmm. it seemed fucking legit. I don't know, but um, yeah, I don't know if they had that in the seventies. If they, I guess if, maybe if, if they it had... was a cap gun, it would make more sense. But I saw a red fucking bullet wound in the forehead and in, in the yeah. scene, so that's why I was like, okay, was that just like a fantastical? If element? he can, but who knows? Uh... <laughs> if he can hang himself. <laughs> And make it look that legit with like a harness and yeah. stuff. Where does he get these? Then he can probably make a fake bullet yeah, hole. I guess I don't know, but the, yeah, the mom just does not give a flying fuck. But yeah, that's the Brooks point. Was here. Yeah. That's one of the most haunting parts of this movie, and they kind of talk about it in the special features because the guy who wrote it originally had him go hang himself, a woman come in and like scream, but he's like, no, I think it would be more like devastating if she just comes in and just almost like she expected it she just kind of looks at him it's like i do hope you find this funny harold it's funny but it's sad but then you learn later on something that he did that made him continue to do this kind of thing because he's hoping to get the same reaction every time and he doesn't i can see the sadness of him just wanting this attention and just not being able to communicate and cope with it in any sort of way so he just does it in the most bizarre and because he's he's very introverted and like obviously comes from a very rich family doesn't really get along with people and like the one person that he's stuck with all the time is his mom who's just very demanding and judgmental of him and doesn't really get him as a person so of course he's gonna take it out on her in the most fucked up way possible um and, yeah, and for me, so, that's why yeah. it was such a, a nice change of pace when you're introduced to Maud, who is just a direct opposite of Harold. But they go they go to funerals together. They, they, they That's how they meet, is they, they go to different funerals. Mm-hmm. But there's that one scene where everyone is leaving the funeral, and they're all wearing black, and they have, like, the black umbrella. And then she just comes waltzing out with, like, a yellow umbrella, just bright colors, just, like, walking out like like she just attended, like, a, like a church choir or something. Uh, but it was a steals another car. <laughs> yeah, it steals the car. And just, yeah, she just steals the priest's car. Yeah, exactly. And, that and woman just, just took off, off with my car. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> that scene she would wasn't do. It, yeah. That scene, he comes up and he's like, "Didn't you steal my car yesterday?" She's like, "Yeah, I did. What about it?" <laughs> and like, goes, yeah. and then, <laughs> it's like, like then she, she picks him up care. and then like she's driving. Like, oh, so where am I taking you? It's like, well, this is actually my car. Oh, this is your car. Oh, so really, you're taking me home? <laughs> and she gets out. That's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> like, so when Maude was introduced, it was it was kind of a breath of fresh air because it was just this character was so polar opposite. And then there was a letterboxed snippet that I saw. I will give credit because I thought it was really really well written it was vince d meglio sure uh but he wrote mod embraced life then embraced death and then harold embraced death then embraced life it's like mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah it's that moment because yep. he like, pulls out that banjo he drives the hearse off the uh the cliff as and he's like saying goodbye to all of his like death obsession and he pulls out the ban- the banjo because everyone should learn how to play music and whatnot and then he plays that song uh, that they sing on the piano. says, "If you want to sing out, sing out." Yeah, and he walks away. So I was like, "Okay." It's Has a whole oversimplified, nice but but it means a lot. Yeah, you know, that's yeah, that's a very good way to put it. Because although I do I do feel like the film was cut short a little bit. Now that kind of makes it better because like okay like he, he like by that car going off the cliff he's kind of doing away with. Maybe not completely with that aspect of his personality, but he's able to bring in a more lifelike aspect as well with singing music and kind of bouncing, yeah. dancing around and shit. So, yeah, I think that that sums it up pretty well. Yeah, because he fell in love and, and found the purpose of life. Sure, it just had to be with a, yeah. an elderly lady. 80-year-old. 50-something yeah. years older than him. But it's the, the scene when he's th- sitting on the bed, it was shirtless, and, like, I don't... I, for, for some reason in my head, he was smoking, too. Was he? I don't know. 
Um, I think so. That I and then there's the scene with the with the priest who kind of he describes it in such a sickening way, which is kind of how I felt. Which um, it it really put words to the feeling that I got for the about five or ten minutes in this movie. There's there's something about Maud that I overlooked because sometimes I feel like people would be like, why, how is she so positive? Like, there's got to be a reason why Harold looks down at her arm and all you needed was that two second shot of those numbers and it put everything into place. Like, you, you finally kind of understood why she has such a good, tight grasp on life. Yeah. Because she's been part of the most despicable human act in the history of man survived you you can't really leave that type of situation and not have like a better outlook on everything in life she doesn't care if she steals a car it's a car if if they throw her in jail for that she's dealt with worse and i i like that they didn't like it wasn't right in your face but they just that one little insert shot, just here, remember, this is why she's like this. And it really makes me love Maud more, knowing her backstory, without her really telling her backstory a whole lot. She talks about her husband a little bit, but yeah. other than that, it's pretty vague. But can, uh, they did a good job at hinting at it. I can imagine in the 70s, too, when people first saw this, there's a reason why it's kind of stood the test of time and people still think it's a beloved movie. Like... It's a scene like that where I, I sat there and I was like, okay, that's all I needed to know that, you know, that, that explains mm -hmm. why she is the way she is and why this is kind of a perfect movie for Harold. Who's a character who hasn't seen a lot. He, he's a, he is the way he is for a certain reason, but I think he, he kind of needs, he, he sees Maude as, okay, this person went through hell. I got it. All right. You know, like I, I need yeah. to enjoy life here. And yeah, that that shot meant everything. Like it almost gave me chills. I'm like, oh, all right. My jaw dropped. Yeah, yeah. I forgot. I forgot. Yep. Cause so I was like, I actually oh. have goosebumps right. I'm not even joking. I have goosebumps right now thinking about that scene. It, yeah. It, you just you're just like, wow. Okay. So that she and then it almost like it gives her a pass for everything. You're like, yeah. Okay. You want to steal a Mustang in front of cops? Go for it. You want to go uproot a tree in public property and go yeah. bring it out to the woods? Nothing compared you go to you what on. you went through. Yeah. You want to marry a twenty-one-year-old? Why not? Fuck it. Oh, that uh, that <laughs> one. That's, oh, that's Oscar that winner one. Ruth Gordon for um, you. But there was also some some stuff or some scenes that I thought was shot just extremely well. And Nate, you mentioned one of them too. Uh, the graveyard. Uh, in the that cemetery, shot was yeah. The wide shot just kept on going, pulling out and stuff. You see all like, the different graves, and of course they're having a picnic at a graveyard. Yeah, obsessed with death. And I like mm -hmm. also that they have uh, picnics at like a, a junkyard site. Uh, like just mm -hmm. yeah, well, just why not? Uh, it's just random moments like that, and they go to I think like a pier, and there's like a sunset shot. But yeah, there's just a couple of shots in this movie too. That I was like, oh, this is really beautiful, and then paired with Cat Stevens' music, it's like fuck yeah, this is working really well. Because the director didn't really have an idea of a score for this so and he loved cat stevens so he just he would watch like four minute long clips and if there was a ton of silence he would just put on a cat stevens record and it would just, it just seamlessly worked. work <laughs> yeah it worked yeah, that's funny. and i think that's probably one of the biggest components that this movie has is cat stevens soundtrack because you put any sort of score or other music in this and it just it doesn't work. This is all in the 70s. It all just fits. It's not like you can add modern orchestral music to this and make it as impactful or as charming. It helps because... bring light to the subject matter a little bit because of how mm -hmm. positive at least the, the main song is that plays probably three or four times throughout the movie. Um, where it, it really did make the the subject matter feel more upbeat, um, which is how the film wants you to feel overall, mm -hmm. re regardless of what's what you're watching. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was mind-blowing to me because I've listened to that song, If You Want to Sing Out, Sing Out, so many times before, and then having Ruth Gordon actually play that on the piano in the movie, 
it's like hearing the origins of the song too because there's a twitter channel called uh um iconic audio clips and it's like where all these like famous like tiktok videos or famous audio files it's like the origins of what where that came from and it's just kind of wild to like see like the original video and stuff so this was kind of one of those instances where it's just like okay it's, it's it's cat stevens and he did all of the original songs for harold and Maude. i mean there's a reason why on the the out of print criterion cover it, it says harold and Maude, directed by hal ashby written by colin higgins songs by cat stevens like he has his own mm-hmm. credit on the cover of the criterion so yeah cat stevens no. was huge in this movie and uh yeah he's his music he, is brilliant. He even he even said in some interviews because on like some of the special features, there's interviews with Cat Stevens, Hal Ashby, and uh, the producer. What was his name again, Spencer? Kurt Curtis something. The producer. Did I see that right? Uh, Colin Higgins. Yeah, producer Charles. Him, I think. Mul Mulville. Okay, I'm just reading the yeah Charles Mulville. Well, it doesn't really it it doesn't really matter. Oh, yeah, it's Colin just like Higgins one of those it. ones where images play and they do an interview from like 1979 yep but i guess some of the songs weren't even like those weren't even the final versions that they used okay because he was talking about yeah like everyone loves if you want to sing out sing out but i haven't even finished yeah. it yet if you and be high, be people high. are already wanting the soundtrack mm-hmm. so it's like it's kind of interesting seeing from that point of view but it's got a cool commentary uh you get good interviews and how cat stevens was working with hal ashby and how bud court got brought in and how he just he wasn't necessarily the first choice but he just blew them away with his performance and how relatable it was and when you have oscar winner ruth gordon in your movie you can't really go wrong so it's like yeah, and she had won the Oscar. It, match made in heaven, this, right? Because yeah, Rosemary's Baby was in the '60s, and that's the role she won the Oscar for. Was Rosemary's Baby? Yeah, okay. yeah, yep. Yeah. All right, uh, I'll give my final thoughts if you was, want. Yeah. Do you want to make your final thoughts? Go for yeah. it. Yeah. So I think this yeah. movie was a pleasant surprise. Again, like I, I did not know what I was getting into before I watched the movie. Like the log line. It seems pretty, like, it's not generic, but it's like, okay, this is going to be, like, an unconventional story between a younger guy and an older woman. They're going to learn from each other, this and that. Um, it's a lot more than that. It's it's a really impactful story that does throw you for a loop with just the, the suicidal subject matter and how kind of weird these characters are. Um, but they play off each other so well. It's it's almost, it remind, I guess it somewhat reminded me of like Lost in Translation with Scarlett Johansson and Bill Murray, where it's just like the older and the younger, and it just ends up working somehow. That's the right movie I'm talking about, right? Lost in Translation. I don't think their relationship was sexual in that movie. This one It wasn't, was. and that's my one nitpick. That's, that's where I look at, but I'm yeah. like, I wish they did it how Lost in Translation did it. Yes, I um, agree. I, I, I think that that's, that's a level this movie didn't need to cross. Um, and it did anyway. And like, yeah, like I, I still think the ending works and stuff. Um, but it didn't need to go there. Like it was totally, I feel like the lesson, the same lessons could have been learned regardless. Um, so and after, after just one viewing, I think because of that, I, I'm still going to give it a four out of five. Like, I still think it was a very, very good movie. Um, I can totally see why it stands the test of time, why people love it so much. It teaches some great lessons, um it takes some some hard blows and it 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 hits you like it hits you in places you don't expect um so yeah i think i think it's really good so yeah i mean after hearing about this movie for so many years i mean i didn't know what i was getting myself into and you know some movies that are called classics are hit or miss for me um but like i said i mean once i saw that opening title card saying original songs by cat stevens and then actually having a couple of scenes make me laugh out Sorry. loud already uh, in the opening act. I'm like, okay, wait, I, I think I might actually enjoy this movie. And yeah, I mean, for 93 minutes, I was thoroughly entertained. I was laughing out loud. I will say, though, it is triggering for some people. I mean, I mean, yeah, I've, it, you know what you're getting yourself into before watching this movie, especially in today's age. You cannot make this movie anymore. You'll never see it like again. Uh, but with a movie that's centered around these dark, depressing themes, it's still at the end of the day. I mean, reflecting on it, it's it's such an a positive movie. I mean, it's it, it made me laugh. It it almost made me cry. I mean, this movie is 
really just a great film. Uh, so I was pleasantly surprised by it. I don't think it's getting a five out of five. I think I would definitely have to watch it again. But Nate, I mean, I am fucking jealous that you have this on Criterion because if I saw this at the sale for twenty bucks, I, this would be like a must buy uh, during a Criterion. An Instagram, yeah. So yeah. it's yeah, it's one of those movies that I'm kind of bummed that I never am probably going to own it unless like a crazy dealer or four K release comes out. But uh, yeah, I mean, this one just it, a lot of it worked. It, it's a little weird, but it, if you roll with it, I think you'll really enjoy it. So I'm going to go four and a half out of five. This one was wow. a huge surprise for me. And wow. uh, I, yeah, I would love to watch this again. And I am literally very jealous that you own this on Criterion because this would be in my collection. That, if it was a dark a red lobster, Spencer. That's a very, very dark. Well, I'm actually, uh, yeah, geez, I'm, I'm glad that you said that. Maybe I'll, uh, I'll look on eBay and pull some strings for you. Um, you know a guy, Nate. You know a guy. If they, I don't. They're re-releasing out-of-print movies on 4K. It seems like. I mean, if that's their case, yeah, perfect. Because yeah, I I want to get the the Cirque du Rouge or whatever that one's called. Um, I I, I want to yeah. get it at some point. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No. This uh, this movie's just it's just a night. Well, for me, I guess I don't know what this says about me, but I find this one to be very relaxing. Just kind of an easier watch. Like, sure, the subject matter can be a little off-putting to some people, but it's it's the characters that I just am drawn to, and then the music just sells it for me because you can't have this movie without this music. It just wouldn't be the same. Um, and having these performances and such a strong message, and kind of a simple message, just embrace life, don't be afraid of death kind of thing, it just makes it that much easier. So I'm giving this one a strong, strong four out of five. It's not necessarily wow. the highest up there, um, but it's one that like I will rewatch for entertainment value and the performances. Um, and it's just kind of overall quirkiness. Just anytime a wounded soldier has something to still commit to a salute. <laughs> Like I'm, I'm gonna get a little chuckle out of it, and if I see Ruth Gordon fall through a tiny hole that she should not fit through, you know you're gonna have a good movie. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just go spend the money on it. I think it, I definitely am a little bit biased <laughs> because of how much I love Cat Stevens and how much I love dark comedies. Uh, but yeah, it's it's out there, and uh, yeah. if you have Showtime, that's where you can watch. Harold and Maude. I think it's definitely worth your watch, but yeah, know what you're getting yourself into before checking it out. Um, you can also watch the first seven episodes of Dexter New Blood and then not the last one. Or just you don't can even watch, watch like, it. I mean... <sighs> if you like Dexter, I, w I would consider watching the first seven and f seven eighths of that miniseries you know what if you have a showtime the... subscription go and watch after yang it came out in 2022 has colin farrell it's a beautiful movie go watch that Speaking one dark comedies spencer loves colin farrell and in bruce I love colin farrell this is Fuck the him. only freaking <laughs> podcast where we will go from harold and mod to dexter <laughs> well, yeah just with that yeah, why not? we're um, all over the board for sure it makes sense oh goodness for um but yeah go buy harold mod it's expensive but it's worth it is it <laughs> is it yes <laughs> okay, right. it's worth it to it me depends on how I much mean, you value 65 it's one of my favorite covers oh, like God. just the animation oh, style Jesus. of it it's just down, very bro. simple <laughs> God, <sorry. fuck> down. <laughs> God. Uh, i'm jealous I didn't yeah, know it was that cover. Was... That is pretty cool. Well, like that's the thing. It's spy number six oh eight. Oh, that's a good if number. If the sale it's was tomorrow, and I was somehow in Barnes and Noble, and these movies weren't out of print, I would instantly buy Rosemary's Baby and Harold and Maude for sure. But they're out of print, and you can never find them. So I had my chance. I would... Like three I got years lucky, ago, and I just never did because I'd never seen the movies and never really cared. But now that I've seen the movies and now that I care, I do want them, and now I can't. So fuck me. I think. It just goes to show, I, take Nate's advice. If you have the impulse, like, oh, that would be cool, just buy it. Like, I know you're standing there in the store. You have, like, ten movies in your hands. I'm like, okay, I got to put, like, four back. No. Ha, ten? No. <laughs> just fucking buy it. That's why <laughs> just in July I'm going to try to go, like, five. I'm going to try to do five if I can. Yeah, I don't know. it's a good number. I have four in mind. Um, 
but yeah, no. If I'm getting at least eight, that's, that's a good number. Yeah, you should Ocho. just like at least Get eight. A 4K TV Solid eight. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah. The same price. Just do yourself a do yourself a favor at that point. Um, but then I'll have to bring it upstairs and hook it up. Yeah, you have to plug it in. For God's sake, could you imagine having to plug in your TV to your 4K enabled <sighs> Xbox that you already own? It's a bummer. John, do I hear like sarcasm? Do I have to? Like, <laughs> do you know me at all? <laughs> do I have to fucking end you right now? Maybe. Uh, all right, Spencer. So next, sign us yeah, off. So next week, we actually don't know what film we are going to be watching, but we do know that it is John's picks. Oh, uh, and this weekend, uh, this episode comes out next weekend, but the previous weekend, there is a poll that's going to go out. So uh, hopefully hopefully you voted, and we will know by the time this episode's out. But we don't know right now, but those two movies that we potentially are watching for next week are... Either... Prisoners or Zodiac. Yeah. One of those movies will be an episode next week. So either Prisoners or Zodiac. The poll is going out... The previous weekend, so it makes no sense in this episode. Um, but yeah, okay, we'll be watching and one of those. Got all that out. Yeah, wonderful. <laughs> um, but <Great. laughs> uh, Nate, thank you for choosing your film Harold and Maude, the out of print Criterion movie. You are uh, welcome. Pleasant surprise. I think I'm honored. Around the board. But you guys can go and follow us at those movie dudes on Instagram and Twitter. You can subscribe to our podcast feed. Just type in those movie dudes wherever you listen to podcasts. We're probably on there. If not, let us know. We'll try to get on there. You know, maybe not. Um, and yeah, and leave a suggestion on what movies you'd like us to cover in future episodes. Uh, I'm sure one of us owns the movie. If not, maybe we'll buy it. Probably then not. it doesn't exist. Um, you'd be <laughs> hard to own it. It doesn't exist. Uh, but I mean, we own a lot <laughs> yeah. of fucking movies, so there's a good chance that if you name a popular movie, we own it between the three of you us. You think so, each yeah. of us own at least 500? Four five hundred Blu-rays. I own way more than three hundred. So yeah. Okay, I think I have at least five hundred. Yeah, and they probably I believe Criterion's. So yeah. No, (laughs) he's got the whole collection. That is not true. I own one hundred and twenty Criterion editions, and I think, well, think of it like this: my Bergman set has thirty-nine. Okay, that yeah, that's yeah. So that's like ten, but. 15, 16, something like but that. Still, that's like and, that's like forty individual criteria, which that's a fair amount for anybody, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like three hundred plus Blu-rays that I still continue to buy just because All I'm a hoarder. Plastic. We should do in nope, uh, not true. like an August extravaganza <laughs> of just doing the entire Ig- Igmar Bergman set, and then kill um, ourselves. I've then watched at least um, can we not <laughs> eight, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Eight of thirty-nine, and three of them are the same movie, just different versions. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, All right. Well, yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. And toodles. Fish are friends, not food. <laughs>